Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. For a while, we're, we're in a new series entitled, Why Do You Exist? Purpose. And, and, and I don't know about you, but even as the messenger, I've been blessed. Uh, even as the messenger, the message has touched me. It has caused me and stretched me to, to look beyond what I thought I was supposed to be doing. It, it has caused me to look at a deeper version of myself. And begin to really go to God and say, God, am I in line? Am I in sync with your purpose for my life? I don't know about you, but it's certainly stretching me. Anybody being blessed by this series so far? Anybody being stretched just a little bit? I'm going to stretch a little bit more. We started off with week one, going through the process of elimination and telling you and revealing to you what your purpose is not. And then week two, we kind of gave you just some steps to get you started on discovering what your purpose is. Now, again, I can't tell you that I'm not G.O.D. I am one of his ambassadors, just like you all are. But 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 I want to get you at least on the right road. And, and, And then last week, I had to give you all some warnings. Because once you step out there and pursue your purpose and once you discover what your purpose is, you're going to lose some people that you thought were like your best friends, right? You might have to give up a little bit of income to pursue your God-given purpose, but he'll take care of all of your needs while you do that. Uh, You might have to relocate. We realize that in week three. So those are the warnings. Today, I want to sum something up for you. And all of the stuff I shared with you about purpose, I want to tell you, you can't do it alone. You can't do it alone. God has a plan For you and I, he has a purpose for you and I, and to pursue that purpose will require, number one, that you are in relationship. Number one, you have to be in relationship. God sees relationships two ways. He sees them this way between you and him, and he sees them this way between you and his people. And who are his people? Everyone. God sees relationship between you and him and you and his people. And today, I want to talk a little bit about, really briefly, about relationships because our next series, we're going to spend a lot of time to talk about in it with our next series entitled, uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor? But today, I'm going to specifically focus in on the relationship between husband and and wife. Now, some of y'all know way more than I do, so I don't 
claim to be an expert, but I think I know a little bit about something through trial and error and prayer and scripture and stuff. So if, you, if, if you're taking notes today, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are, we've handed them out for you. And if you have your Bible, if you don't, don't worry, we'll have, we'll have it in your notes and we'll have it on the screen. But if you have your Bible, I want you to meet me. Some of y'all ain't been to this scripture in a long time, but I want y'all to meet me in the very first book of the Bible entitled Genesis. Meet me over in Genesis chapter 2, beginning with verse 4. Now, if you can't find Genesis, it's right after, you know, the table of contents. It's, it's, it's like the second or third page when you open the book. It's right there. Okay. So we're going to read Genesis 2, starting with verse 4. This is the account of creation of the heavens and earth. When the Lord God made the earth and heavens, neither wild plants nor grains were growing on the earth. For the Lord God not yet had not yet sent rain to water the earth, and there were no people to cultivate the soil. Instead, springs came up from the ground and watered all the land. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust and of the ground and he breathed and he, and he breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils and the man became a living person all right you got that now i want you to jump over with me to verse 18 he created man to cultivate the land then in 18 this is what happens then the lord god said it is not good for man to be alone, I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. And so the Lord caused the man to fall asleep into a deep sleep. And while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord made a woman from the rib and he brought her to the man. I'm going to stop right there. The very first book of the Bible. God made man. Do y'all know? Our big and awesome and wonderful and gigantic and just incredible God could have stopped right there and that would have been enough. He could have. He could have stopped right there and said, okay, man, with these animals, y'all cultivate the land. And I'll find another way to reproduce more of you. But God says no. Here's man, here's animal. Let me demonstrate in the very beginning how I see my creation for the rest of eternity. Let me create a woman as a helper. Why? Because I see all of my creation, watch this, in relationship with each other. He could have simply had man in relationship with animal and that would have been enough. That's God. He could do that. But he thought 
more highly of you and I and says, I'm going to make a helper. I'm going to make another person from you to go. And, and, and I want to set an example of how I want this to be for eternity. Because what I have for you is attainable with just me. But you're going to need some people in your life that's going to encourage you. That's going to lift you up, hold you accountable, pray for you, pray with you. You're going to need somebody there helping you. God was intentional when he, when he created the woman. When he created another person, he was intentional about it. Why? Because he wants you and I this morning to know the purpose of our creation is so that we can be in relationship with each other. Remember, God sees relationships this way between you and him and between him and his people. This is why he created another woman. He could have created another man. He could have created like a half man, half woman. He could have created like my son, a Sagittarian. He could have created a man that's half horse. He could have done anything he wanted to do. But he says, I'm going to put him to sleep, take right from him and create a woman. God is intentional about making sure that you and I are in relationship. And we're going to go from there. We're going we're gonna, to we're go a little bit deeper from there. This is what I want y'all to hold on to. We're not going to talk. I'm sorry, honey. I almost broke your glasses. Anyway, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about relationships in general today because, like I said, our next series, which will happen in two weeks, will be Won't You Be My Neighbor? We'll, we'll really go deep in what it means to have relationship with everyone else. Today, with the help of my rib, uh, the woman that God put me to sleep, and he did. I was in a coma. Then he pulled her right from me, and it took me about... Uh, 20-some years to find her, and we got reconnected, you know, through God. My wife, my rib, my helper, the better part of me, Erica Santiago, she's going to come and help me share this message about relationships. I did say my wife. Y'all could do a little bit better. That's my woman, y'all. That's my woman. This is the woman who cooks my meals and, and, and takes care of my kids. Hey, baby, how are you? Welcome, welcome to the pulpit. So today, it's going to be a little bit different than how we normally do this. Normally, I have the mic, and I, 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 I share a message. I get all up in the aisles. People don't sit in the front row because they say I spit, whatever. Okay, it's, it's, it's holy. Whatever gets on you, trust me, it's blessed. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, but today, my wife and I are going to uh, talk a little bit about marriage. And um, you can see your T-shirt, honey. Oh, yes, yes. And by the way, we, we, I'm not into that let's match stuff. But, you know, couples do the let's match. Let's wear matching outfits. Matching so, jogging suits. Matching jogging suits, right? Yeah. I'm not into that. But we did decide to at least get matching T-shirts today. And so, as you can see what hers says, what does it say? Um, well, you made me wear it. What does it say? <laughs> <laughs> I want you to say it so they know I can't that you read upside down. Uh, this girl loves her husband, right? And this guy loves his wife. And because I love my husband, I wore this T-shirt today. We just thought we'd get a little laugh out of y'all. That's the only reason we wore them. We probably won't wear them again because Ever. they're so cheesy. <laughs> Next time we wear them, it'll probably be during you know in a setting similar to this. We could wear them for our anniversary next month. Next month, 11 years. Do you know what day? Do I know what day? 
September 27th. What? Are you sure? I'm, oh, I'm positive. I got a witness. <laughs> My mother's in the building, y'all. Hey, man. Yes, yes. Amen. After being uh, away from Atlanta for, what, two years about? Two years, yeah. In October, it'll be two years. And so, y'all don't know, I'm really excited to have my mother back in the place. Um, eventually, I'm going to have me some oxtail. My mother makes some crazy oxtail. oxtail and yeah. cabbage. And cabbage. You coming? Uh, hey, all are welcome. All are welcome. Every week, uh, yeah, all are welcome. She makes some, yeah, look at that. <laughs> all are welcome. She makes some good oxtails and cabbage and all that stuff. So, you know, welcome back, Mom. I miss you. I love you. We're so glad. I know, I know. We're I glad know. you're here. We're glad you are here. I've come a long way. I want to read this quote, and then we'll get into into this conversation. I'll read this quote, I pray, and then we'll go ahead and have this conversation. Is that cool? All right. Here's a quote I want to share with you all. First of all, I want to say that relationships, no matter what they are, what kind, no matter what kind of relationship you're in, business, personal, church, marriage, whatever, it's a partnership, right? I think we can all agree to that. Here's a quote from John Maxwell. It says this, good partnerships do not foster codependence or independence, but interdependence. Each party feels secure, is stretched, and enjoys synergy. The partnership multiplies the productivity of both parties. Eternal and gracious God in heaven, thank you this morning for this opportunity to stand and Come before your people and share your word. God, I pray more than anything that our minds are fresh, that our tongues speak articulately, and more than anything that our hearts are humbled toward you. God, this morning, we only have one small request, and that would be that you bless this place, this sanctuary from center to circumference, so that when we leave this place today, God, We are clear upon what our understanding and purpose is in this world, to be in relationship one to another. Oh, God, bless this time together. In Jesus' name, all those agreed would say amen. Amen and amen again. Synergy comes from a Greek word, synergio, synergio, which means working together or harmony. Synergy means working together or working harmonious. Now, in any relationship, be it business, church, uh, uh, work, marriage, courtship, we all seek that synergy. We all want to work in harmony together. And so what my wife and I are going to do is talk about this interdependence, this harmony, and in and, and, and marriage specifically. And so how do you foster interdependence? That's the, that's the question we're going to try to answer today. How do you foster inter, interdependence where we are depending upon each other for our success? How, how do you do that? Want me to start? Because I, I know my gentleman, and I think women should go, but, I, you know, we're kind of like, I can nail, boom, 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 one, two, three, four. And then women will spend some time on because, brothers, we miss it more often than not. So if I run through ours and kind of, spend a little time in there helping us out, but then spend more time on women, it'll, I think it'll help some married folk in here. What do you say? Or those dating or those who are considering being married. Amen? Okay. Simple. How do you foster interdependence? I want to say this first and foremost. 
Brothers, y'all will agree with a lot of what I'm going to say. We are complex. Men are complex people. I'm serious. We're not as simple as commercials and, 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 and TV sitcoms portray us. We're not just workaholics come home and, and unengaged. We're engaged. I look at the married men in this room, engaged men. I'm talking about we're engaged in our marriage. We're engaged in our households. We are complex. There's a lot of complexities that come with men. We're not simple. Most men, and I think brothers will agree, sisters will, will, will kind of say, mm, I don't know about that, especially, you know, but I'm just going to say it. Most men aren't physically or sexually driven. Most men. Right, brothers? We, we're emotional too, right? All right, sisters don't have to agree, but that's the truth. That's the truth. I, I know we think about it, but we're not driven by that. Uh, here's another thing, and I know every man in this room will agree. Men need verbal affirmation. Huh? Don't we need a verbal affirmation? We can't wear the Superman logo on our chest without the verbal affirmation. That, that, that's what makes us feel like Superman when you, when you affirm us. We're complex people. Here's how you foster interdependence. You got to communicate with your man. You got to communicate with your hubby. Here, here's what every man and brothers, this, this is where I'm going to need y'all to help me. Because I'm about to go in. Give me a couple of amens because I know y'all feeling what I'm about to say right here. Check this out. Four things every man needs to hear daily. Four things every man needs to hear daily. Right? Y'all ready, brothers? Y'all got me? I'm going to help y'all. Sisters, y'all got your pens ready? Y'all need to write this down. Write this down for those who are married, those who are getting ready to get married, those who are looking to be married, all of this stuff. If you do this, I promise you, you'll have the best man in the world. you have people coming to you trying to take notes and figure this out. Listen to me. Listen, listen to me. Watch this. And they're in this order. This order is intentional. First thing, every man needs to hear daily. I trust you. I trust you. That don't mean. I trust you when you're going out. That don't mean uh, I trust you not to cheat. That's part of it. But it's I trust you to be a man and do what you say you're going to do. I trust you. It, 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 listen, the most, the, the, the time I need my wife to trust me most is when the poo-poo hits the fan and she's worried. And when, 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 when she's worried, that's when I need her to say, I trust you. I know you're going to take care of this and we are not going to be put out. I know that you're going to do whatever you got to do to take care of home. I trust you. It's important that every man hears that daily. I, I, I trust you. I trust you with the finances. I, I trust you. Amen. Come on. There we go. <laughs> I, 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 I trust you to fix stuff if it breaks. Amen. I trust you to protect us. I trust you to lead us. I, I, I trust you as our spiritual advisor and head Honey, I trust you. That's one thing. Here's the second thing. I'm going to run through these because, you know, women, we want to spend some time with the sisters, and I, my wife going to have a lot to say, I know. So, anyway, the second thing is, watch this, and this is in the right order. I believe in you. Woo! Woo! Anybody been unemployed before? Mm-hmm. Huh? Anybody, any, any men ever start a business or want to start a business, but you was worried about what your wife said? Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm, mm, mm. And, 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 and when you, and when you go to your wife and say, you know what, baby, I got this brilliant idea. Ooh, ooh, you know what? 
I, I know I, I work a nine to five, but I'm feeling like Nehemiah. I want to do something great for somebody else and give up all of this, this income. So the first thing you want to say is when you want to do that, oh, I trust you, honey. Oh, yes, you trust me to go ahead and start the business. Yes. And then you want her to say, and I believe in you. You, I believe in you. Won't that get you going? Won't that make you do all? You would, listen, your cape starts flying in the air because you like, she believes in me. I don't care what the naysayers say. I don't care what the people who don't believe in me say. I don't care what my enemy says. I don't care what so-and-so says. My wife believes in me, and that is enough, baby. God and my wife ain't nothing I can't accomplish without that. I believe in you. I wouldn't be y'all pastor if this woman didn't say, I trust you. And I believe in you. Has she said, you sure you want to do that? Then it would have been like, no. Now, some other people may have said that. That wasn't my wife. And I was like, well, you ain't wifey and you ain't G-O-D. So I tell you what, just keep on moving. Keep on going about your way. I won't get in your way. Don't get in mine. Some of them were part of this church at one point in time. They are no longer. Some, some, some of them were attendees. They are no longer. But my wife said, honey, I trust you, honey, I believe in you. But then she, she took it a step further. Better yet, I believe in the God in you. I believe that you have spent time with God. All right, I'm not going to get too deep because I want to let the women talk. But am I right so far, fellas? You want your wife to say, hey, I trust you. I believe in you, right? When, when she expresses her belief in me, when your wife expresses her belief in you, she is affirming her decision to marry you in the first place. When she says, I believe in you, she said, I didn't make a mistake when I said I do. And that's what makes it feel so doggone good. All right, it's getting good. It's getting good. This is in the right order. So she's, you want to hear, I trust you. You want to hear, baby, I believe in you. But men, go ahead, give me some amens here. You can bark or shout or whatever. We definitely, at some point in this, throughout the day, at some point, we want to hear, I want you. Amen. I got some amens and hallelujahs. If it was Pentecostal, I might have a few runners. We want to hear that. And guess what? It doesn't have to be verbal, right? Oh, man, you get out the shower, your wife, she go, mm, that, that's enough. That says I want you, right? That don't mean we're going to get it going on, but it says I want you. For who you are, I want the man that you are. I mean, I don't mean we got to get down, but I don't want to be with anybody else except for you. That's what every man wants to hear, right? When, when you put on some new glasses and your wife like, I have to get used to them, but then you look good. Or when you come home from the barbershop, she's like, wow, you must have been on GQ today. Huh? When your wife is like, ooh-wee. Man, you feel good, right? James, am I talking? When James get back from, from working out and he comes sweating all that stuff and he take his shirt off and throw it in the laundry, she don't care about the laundry. She's like, whoa, that one, two, three, eight pack. Woo. That's my man. Don't that feel good, James? Come on, I'm telling the truth. I'm preaching to a few folk here. Engage folk. Take notes. This is good stuff. I'm telling you. Long marriage, when you do these things, I want you. By saying, I want you, you are letting your husband know that you love him for his intrinsic qualities. You want him for who he is, no matter what he accomplished or did not accomplish. Ooh, you tell your husband you want him after he got laid off? He like, man, laid off when? I feel good. I want you. 
I believe in you. I trust you. That's Superman all day. Your cape is flying in the air. Now, now, now watch this. It's okay to really want him too. You get what I'm saying? It's okay to want him and want him like now. We like that extra special. As a matter of fact, let me say, I'm going to tell you all a little secret. I'm going to tell you a little secret. Some of y'all know this, but I'm going to tell you a little secret. You tell your husband, you show him that you want him, number one, he's going to take out the trash. He's going he gonna to do all that stuff without you having to ask, right? But if you say, like, I want you, and you kind of like, I want you, and you're like, when? Now, closet, go. Yeah. Man, he's going to paint the house and build you a shack in the back. <laughs> Am I telling the truth, men? Huh? When it's like urgent, like right away, it can't wait. You like, I'm going to paint the house. I know I don't need painting, but I just feel like doing it. We don't even need extra storage, but you just did something that makes me want to do that. You can ask for the world and he'll find a way to get it to you. Even if that means write it out and say, here, this is an IOU, but I'm going to give you the world, baby. Right? You know, that's why you're blushing. Hallelujah. <laughs> Finally, every man wants to hear, I trust you. I believe in you, baby. Mm, I want you. But more than anything, I love you. I love you. And I know many of us say that every single day to our mates. My wife and I are intentional about it. We try to say it every day, even if it's while we're laying in bed. You know what? I love you. I love you. Hey, I love you, girl. I love you. I love you. You know, text it, whatever. I love you. But without the other three, that I love you doesn't mean anything for men. I'm serious. If you, I love you, but you've not somehow exhibited to your man, I want you. If you've not somehow said, hey, I believe in you today. If you've not said, you know what, I trust you. I love you is just I love you. It's not something that will fill in our hearts. It has to be coupled with all of these things, and it has to be daily in some way, shape, form, or fashion these four have to be expressed. And that's it for men. It's that simple. I love you. I love you, Erica. I love you, Broderick. Okay, see, she's met her quota today. I'm good. Yes. We got the other two, just two more to go, and then we good. All right, so that's what I want to share for men. We're not simple. We're fairly easy. We're, we're not simple. We're easy, but we're complex, Right? And if you say those four things, now, I'm telling you, it's going to help you. If y'all don't believe me, watch. Listen, watch and see when you tell your man these things. And those, if you don't do it now, I don't care how long you've been married. You say that to your wife tonight. I mean, your husband tonight. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, honey. Tell us some things that women need to hear daily. <laughs> I've got to recover from uh, all the blushing I've been doing for the last few minutes. Um, men, your words give either life or death to you, but they also are life or death to your wife and to your entire household. And as Broderick has been speaking on purpose this past month, uh, one of the things that occurred to me is that when your words speak death into your household, it throws your entire family off track, off track for their purpose and what God is doing through you, because I strongly believe that we were brought together by God for a purpose. Every married couple is brought together for a purpose. Um, 
because trust me, we are probably one of the most oddest couples as far as odd couples go, um, in complete opposites <laughs> in so many things. But God brought us together for a purpose, and it may take years, it may take a while to realize what that purpose is, but when you don't speak life into your household, into your wife, into your children, into your situations, then what ends up happening is, is you're derailed off of your purpose. And so Broderick can say something, and it completely derail the rest of the week for me. And I don't want it to do that, but it does because he has that power as my husband. So one of the things that I uh, thought about is, you know, a lot of times guys will oversimplify things. Well, I told her I love you five years ago. That doesn't count. And number one of the five phrases every wife needs to hear often is, I love you. Notice it was last on the list for the men. <laughs> it is number one on ours. We want to hear, I love you, because we, don't, we may not hear it very often. A text message, a phone call. Uh, Broderick and I both work out of the house, so we're always around each other. So, but all of us, that's not necessarily the case. You may see your wife only in the morning before you leave for work or in the evening, but taking the time in the middle of the day to say, I love you, through a text message or leaving a voicemail on her work phone, is a great way to say just, I love you, to take that stop. And then maybe throw in a 15-second kiss in the middle of that if you're t when you're together. Being intentional about that. Yeah, be intentional about 15 seconds. If you don't have another 30 minutes, you better stop at 15 seconds. You go 16 seconds, you're going to need 30 minutes. Some of y'all seven minutes, but the rest 30. <laughs> Anywho, number two for us is I love you the way you are. Now, I mentioned we're kind of an odd couple. Um, I was joking around with uh, Liz and Brandon earlier about, because um, I wore lip gloss today and, you know, I'm not big on the whole makeup thing. I need to know that he's okay that I'm not spending all of our money at the mat counter at Lenox. Thank you, Jesus. Lord. <laughs> so, but you know, and not that there's anything wrong with makeup, of course. I'm just too lazy to be bothered with it. But the fact that he loves me the way that I am speaks volumes. And so, men, when you let your wife know that, hey, I like your hair the way that it is. If you want to go natural, I'm cool. If you want to dye it purple, I'm cool. Whatever you want to do that's you, be you. And be okay with that. Too many people, too many couples that I've known over the years, uh, insecurity comes up. And then what ends up happening is you find yourself as a woman trying to please a guy, trying to do something that's going to make him want you more or like you more. Uh, we see it with, you know, with teenage girls a lot of times, trying to impress somebody else. You have to know for yourself that you're okay the way that you are, and only your husband and God can validate you in that way. That's good. So number two is I love you the way you are. Number three is I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Reminding your wife that you are proud of her, proud of her accomplishments. If she cleaned the house, I'm going to do that tomorrow. Um, if she no cleaned comment. the house, <laughs> see, that's not one of my regular accomplishments. Um, if she cleaned the house, oh, I'm proud of you doing that. If she uh, got an award at work, I'm proud of you. If she got her Ph.D., 
I'm proud of you. Whatever it is that you're proud of her for, or just that, hey, I got back home and the kids are still alive. Yes, I'm proud of you. Those are things that, you know, the influence that you have, and your children see that, they hear it, and they know that you respect her, especially for your sons. And some of you have sons, but some of you also have daughters, and daughters need to see that their father is proud of their mother because that speaks volumes into their self-esteem. Can we speak to that one a, bit, a little bit more? So you sure. kind of give some examples about, about the importance of husbands speaking that uh, to their wife, being mm-hmm. proud, like uh, cooking or just the mother. Men, we, you know, being a father is one thing, but we will never understand what it means to be a mother. It's, it's something totally different in, in itself. And uh, I've been told by my lovely wife here and uh, my son's mother that I am not patient. Who are you? And I think every man can, can say we just don't have the patience. I don't think God gave. I think he stopped. When he took the rib, I think he took patience with it, right? He took the rib, and that rib was attached to patience, right? You agree, Ron, right? And so what happens is mothers, that's where they're at. That's where they come in, and they can sit and have that conversation about, well, why are you responding this way, uh, Junior or Brookie, or why are you responding this way, little child or whatever? Whereas daddies, we just like. Sydney, her name's Sydney. Sydney. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> I know my child's name. You, okay. You said Brooke. You said Junior. You mentioned Jakai. Well, little I was child. trying to engage <laughs> other parents here. I didn't Poor want to be about our kids. I I named her. Anyhow, and I named her. We named her. No, it was a piece of paper. Remember, I had it. I'm proud of you for naming her. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of you, but nonetheless, just I'm proud of you for being an excellent mom. Mm. I'm proud of you for being a wife that you are to tolerate me. I mean, honestly, I'm proud of you. Not just your work accomplishments, but your accomplishments as a mommy, as a wife. And I'll tell you what, I'm super proud of my wife for for tolerating me. I mean, honestly. How many businesses have I started since we've been married? I lost track a long time ago. (laughs) See? I believe in you. I'm proud of you for believing in me. (laughs) But I know, here's what I'm going to say about that. When I tell my wife I'm proud of her, she lights up like a Christmas tree. There's something in that to say all of the, the sweat, all of the equity, this labor from all day long is worth it because he's proud of me. The dealing with the kids and all of their different emotional stuff and, 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 and doing laundry and dealing with a messy house. I don't care about the messy house, but I'm proud I'll of you. You cook dinner. Tomorrow. Well, I mean, that's why I go to Starbucks so I don't have to stay in the messy house. But no, what I'm saying is seriously, seriously, baby, you know, that's so important, man. Let your wife know you're proud of her. Let her know she's doing a good job. It speaks volumes in the same way that when she affirms you, that's her affirmation. She needs to know that you're proud of her. She needs to know that she is a great wife and a great mommy. If we don't tell her, nobody else will. That's our job, man. It's our job. It's a biblical mandate. We have to do that. We have to be lovers. And that's part of being a lover. Okay, I'm done, but I really, that's such an important thing for me. You know that. Uh, Sure. Uh, Number four is I'll always love you no matter what. And to me, that goes right along with the the first three with uh, saying I love you in general, but I'll love you no matter what. Only your husband can tell you 
that they're not going anywhere. Your girlfriends can't tell you um, that's not the conversation you're really having with God. Only he can affirm that he is going to always be there. He's got to be the one that says, I'm going to be here till death do us part no matter what. I have to say, Broderick does a really good job of that. Sometimes he does it too good where I'm sitting there going, so there's no out. Because he'll, 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 he'll start off, we could have a disagreement. He will literally start off with, I am never, ever leaving you. <laughs> okay. How, how do you compete? How do you answer back to that? It's like, okay. It's true. Nothing you can do. Trust me, I've tried. To separate and from you. <laughs> from my love. Something like that, the lyrics go. Yeah. Um, well, anyway. But talk about this, though. Isn't it true, though, that. And, and maybe other women maybe agree, but this is important for so many levels. When you become a mommy and your body changes, so many women I know struggle with that. Like, you know, oh, I've, I've gained a few pounds. I've got stretch marks and things like that. Men, we don't complain. I mean, I hope. listen, if, listen, if your husband is complaining about you since you've had a baby, let me know. I do play percussion. I slap drums. I will slap a face, too. <laughs> you do not do that to your wife. You affirm your wife. She carried your doggone child, man. Seriously, I take that very seriously. I don't take that lightly. Right? Yeah. So they need that affirmation. Like, you are still fine. You still sexy. You still, yeah. Like I tell you, you know. Mm-hmm. Right? It's your fine self. Thank you. I'm uh, winning, y'all. I'm winning. That's going to be a good <laughs> night at the Santiago household. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Leadership meeting might be canceled. Uh, no. <laughs> I'll always love you no matter what. It's a re- constant reminder that he takes the vows seriously and so that you don't have to worry when you have a disagreement or when he walks out the door that those insecurities don't rise up, and that's uh, so important. And speaking of insecurities, number five and the last one is you're beautiful. I'm not leaving you. I love you. I'm proud of you. And you're beautiful. And really, that's, again, it's something that only your husband can really say because he's the one that you're married to. And you want him to tell you that you're beautiful. Um, but you men, don't assume that your wife knows this. If the last time you said that you're beautiful was on your wedding day, and she doesn't look exactly like she did in the picture on the wall, that's a problem. She's got to feel beautiful every day. If she's wearing yoga pants, if she's wearing a T-shirt from college and been out of college for 20 years, just saying. Can you help us men then uh, teach us how? So we can say, hey, you know what? You're beautiful. Baby, you're so beautiful. But what if we don't agree with uh, an outfit? What's the proper <laughs> way to present it and still let you know you're beautiful or a hair change or any of those things? Because we're not going to always agree. Like if when well, I had the mohawk, you didn't agree. No, I didn't agree with the right. mohawk. So that's fine. Yeah, I did it once just, just to be cool with my son. But honestly, I think really men struggle with that. We want to always let you know you're I'm, beautiful, but we I'm don't always agree. I'm not saying out lie. I mean, you know. Oh. <laughs> like, like that. Do you think this dress is nice? And and we like, oh, baby, it's gorgeous. But we really like, yo, why is she wearing that sheet? (laughs) (laughs) 
No, it's you have to find it. It goes back to I love you the way you are. And part of the way that you are is your sense of style or lack thereof. But your sense of style, your wife's sense of style or, or lack thereof, or if she's colorblind or something, then you have to want to say, I love you the way you are and what you have on is okay. Now, there are times, and this is part of the whole communication thing. We could probably spend hours on this. There are times when what she has on may not be appropriate for the occasion, in which case she's got to trust you enough to know that, okay, who's got the fashion sense in the household? In our house, it's not me. And I'm okay with that. It's him. So there are times where I say, you know what? Does this look okay? And I genuinely want an honest answer. Don't ask questions you don't want an honest answer to, ladies. That's good. So if you want an honest answer, you've got to make sure you you ask that question. Does this look okay for this event? Are you okay with this? Um, Not from a standpoint of insecurity, but remember, we're, we're talking about purpose here. And as a couple, you have a purpose. And if you were running a business and you consider your household and your marriage your business, then you would make sure you would show up dressed the part. And so you would show up dressed for success that day and whatever that's going to be. So whatever the activity is, if it's a picnic and you're, you know, you're wearing a formal cocktail dress or something, well, no, that's not what you need to wear. Or Kwanzaa event with Brooks Brothers suits, you know. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, that was our first date, by the way. <laughs> that's, that's when I knew we were definitely opposites. Um, but finding that, that opportunity to say you're beautiful, I love you no matter what, I love you just the way you are, but remembering that your marriage, you're married on purpose, and you're married with a purpose from God, and what that purpose is, uh, going back to what he was saying about I trust you and all of that, some guys can't put together an outfit. That's true. And so they, um, I have friends who put together their husband's whole uh, wardrobe for the week. Everything's ironed. It's laid out. It's color-coordinated. They pack their bag. I saw on a blog post the other day one pastor's wife, she was – positively giddy that she sets up what her husband's going to wear on Sundays. Aren't you, don't, don't, don't you think, God, you don't have to do that? Yes. Look at that. Because you would be looking a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> so finding your purpose as a couple, finding your purpose together and making sure that you don't wreck your purpose and derail your purpose on Monday with what you say. Uh, goes a long way to having success in finding what God's purpose is for the two of you as a couple. And for those of you who were not married, uh, some of you thinking about being married or some uh, thinking about being in relationship, practice these traits on your friends because I'll tell you, it's not easy to, if you're not someone who's automatically trusting or you're not someone that says, hey, I believe in you, or you're not automatically encouraging, it's really hard to like flip a switch after you say I do and suddenly become this encouraging person when that's just not your part of your personality because you don't normally walk around being that encouraging person saying, hey, I think you can do it. And last week when Broderick was talking about uh, losing friends when you start walking in your purpose because they don't know how to encourage you, Keep in mind, those are the same people that are going to struggle in their marriage because they don't know how to encourage others. Man, that's good. You're preaching today, honey. Wow. Go ahead. Go ahead. That, that was it. That's, that's it? That's all I had. That's good stuff. Thank you. That's it wasn't good even stuff. in my notes. 
Was it that? Yeah, man. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you, God. Here, here's the most important thing. I take no credit for that. <laughs> here's the most important thing. You know, Erica said something early on, and, and it's the most beautiful thing. We are so different in so many things, but we're so united in one thing, and that is God. And we, as we look back over our marriage, we look over our, our relationship, it was God that brought us together. Uh, when I was going to seminary, it was just something I wanted to do. She wanted to do the same thing, and it was all part of God's plan for us to later on be pastors here. Um, sure, we may not watch the same movies, but that's trivial. Don't celebrate and focus on those things you don't have in common. Think about those commonalities and embrace them, celebrate them regularly. One of the things we used to love together is coffee. And I, I've kind of cut my 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 Mr. Healthy over here. My consumption of coffee to to minimal, but I will still perfect example. Yesterday my wife said, I want to have a cup of coffee. My first thought, I'll have a cup of coffee with my wife because she loves coffee. And, and who drank the coffee? Don't worry. That person is in the audience. We don't have to point them out at all. We're not going to even point in that direction. <laughs> but that's because I was 30 <laughs> minutes later almost done with my cup of coffee. And mom comes in and she's like, oh, I smell coffee. I was like, oh, sure, have a cup because he didn't have any. So <laughs> it was there. But the bottom line is I know that that was something we enjoyed together. Yes. And so I break whatever my, my, my habits are. I break whatever I'm working on to please my wife because I don't focus on those things we don't have in common i love the fact here's the thing i'm cool with the fact that we don't like the same movies and stuff that's what makes us individuals none of us are exactly the same that includes your spouse if that was the case he would have stopped again let's go back to genesis 2 he would have stopped with adam and said that's enough i'll make a bunch of adams and that'll be it because i'm god and i can do that but he says i'm going to make a woman as your helper i'm going to take her from your rib she's going to be opposite she's going to be different from you she's going to look different she's going to smell different she's going to act different but that's the beauty of god in making each of us individuals with Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others, our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.